Welcome to uh, Sonic Talk number 274. Uh, it's live here, live and direct at sonicstate.com forward slash live, where you can get the live chat room and the live video stream if you are having the bandwidth enough. Uh, I'm here in the Sonic office. I've got the little uh, Kemper profiling amp, which has just come in for review, which uh, I'm not going to attempt to play because I cannot play guitar um, well enough at all, but it will be coming soon. I want to say thank you very much to all my guests who are joining us this week, and we'll start with Rich Hilton, because Rich is once again in from somewhere exotic, uh, out on the road with Sheik, where he's playing keyboards, and uh, when he's not playing keyboards with Sheik, he's working with Mr. Nile Rogers in his uh, private studio. How are you, Rich? Very well, thank you. And so you are, uh, you're in a big hotel, you're in a hotel um, in Montreux, where you're about to, are you playing tonight? Okay, let's turn off the picture and see if that helps. This is, we are, we're, unfortunately, we're suffering from a hotel bandwidth, which is what, what kind of did for us last week. Um, hopefully, Rich will be able to maybe uh, pick it up now that he switched the video off, then we should be able to get a little bit more out of him. So, how are you, Rich? Can you hear me? Come in. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm good. And, uh, yes, I'm in Montreux, Switzerland with Sheik. Excellent. Um, and uh, we, we did a quick test call earlier, which um, I, amongst almost everybody you've probably told, um, sang a few lines of Smoke on the Water, right? Yeah, it's a popular uh, theme when the subject of this city comes up. <laughs> so um, will there be any, uh, any temptation to uh, play that riff on stage tonight or at the sound check? Certainly not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, if I perhaps if I had a Stratocaster in my hand, I'd be tempted. But um, no, uh, it's so. Is it just it provoked the debate on my Facebook page about what the proper lyrics were? People wanted to argue about it. It was really kind of sad. Uh, I have no idea. I just remember it being one of those iconic riffs from my youth. Um, so you just only on the bill tonight, or who else is on the bill? Um, at oh, we're the... not on the bill tonight. We're uh, on the bill Friday night. Ah, right. Okay. And it's a star-studded extravaganza full of guests. So does that mean you get to hang out in Montreux for a couple of days, or are you uh, in and out? Yeah, we got here on Monday, and I've been rehearsing every day. Oh, cool. Because it's a rather elaborate show, and we've got a bunch of guests, and some of what we'll do is not the standard chic thing. And we'll do all of that, too, but there's other stuff to do. And in order to pull that off, especially in the middle of a tour – You've got to do some rehearsals. Yeah, and also they televise it, don't they, and DVD it and all those things, right? It'll be it'll be around long after I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get it right? <laughs> You'd like to, yeah. You 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 hope to, and you know, have it looking good as well. But uh, today we had a rehearsal with uh, Miss Ellie Jackson, who is in the band Larue. Ah, okay. We're very popular, and. Uh, she came along and we did uh, some work with her. And then uh, we're also going to be joined by Alison Moyet, Ooh. who's uh, obviously well known for her work with Vince Clark. She's got a great voice, actually. Brilliant stage presence. I know Failed Musen, Muso, who's in the chat room, um, congratulations on the new job, by the way, Failed, uh, is uh, a big, big fan of her and will probably be very pleased. I think he's got a bit of a torch for her. In fact, he's saying, Alf, she's so hot. So there you go. <laughs> I'd say that's affirmative. 
And, and perhaps on, a, on the week in which a man gets a new job, it wouldn't do to call him failed. No, he would be. Uh, well, I suppose it's not a job as a musician. So I think that would be debatable, you know. So maybe, maybe it's yeah. I, I'll call him Rob for now because that's probably better. <laughs> anyway, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. I hope that your bandwidth can hold out, and I appreciate it much, muchly. So we'll now go to our next guest, uh, who is Gaz Williams. <laughs> Let's see if I can get him in there. That's there you are, Gaz Williams, who's over there in sunny Bristol. Um, <laughs> It is sunny today. Good Lord. I can't tell. I've actually had to tape everything down because I'm trying to get the <laughs> get the lighting right in here. Um, I, I, I'm going to do this. I've got a new gantry up there, which I put at the other end of the room. This is so that we can do the Sonic Touch show, and I've got various lights hanging up there to kind of make it a bit more easy for me to uh, not look so red. And I've also got, uh, after <laughs> much merriment from the red balance, uh, the white balance jo- jokes last week, uh, which people seem to really enjoy, uh, I've now fixed the white balance of the camera. So now I'm just this this colour for good. <laughs> anyway, Gaz, how are you? Great, thanks. Um, just uh, <clears throat> recovering from a couple of days of working with school kids uh, in a quite um, in a big production in South Wales. I say big production uh, for them. It is and uh, <clears throat> like fourteen, fifteen-year-olds uh, doing like a music workshops and then they all do a big performance I, I missed the workshops this time I, I do it every year but i was away this time uh but i come in for the final show and uh it was cool because it's it's like giving sort of young people it's a fairly deprived area where, where it takes place and we, we give them this like full experience where we do like kind of songwriting then we do recording and then we do this big performance, which is actually in the form of a competition in this uh, in the Pontypridd Muni, which is a nice theatre there. And but it's great because we kind of give it the full lights and smoke machine and lasers and big video screens either side of the stage, you know, and try and make it like a real rock concert experience for them. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And just the quality of the musicians is just phenomenal, you know. And just a, these are 14, 13, 14 to 15 year olds. And some of the players are just unbelievably good. And I was thinking about this. In fact, we were having a conversation yesterday about it with, with some friends. And, um, and it really is a lot to do with YouTube now. You know, young people can just just learn things at an incredible rate and you know they can just look things up on youtube they know where to look now and how to find out things oh uh, is that is that what that what what you've been experiencing right yeah yeah uh but you just can't i mean i we're flabbergasted at the quality of these players you know there's and uh you know and, we're, uh, and it's a huge pa rig in this uh you know it's like a proper gig and um and they're really Playing well, playing tight, and ah, it's a oh, great experience. That sounds really good mm. fun. I actually went to see my daughter in the class assembly this morning, who was sat <laughs> on a golden throne, um, being, being one of the uh, narrators. Um, so I'm I'm full of uh, of joy here as well. So that was that was great. Uh, anyway, Gaz, thank you very much for joining us. Songsurgeon.co.uk uh, for uh, more information about Gaz. I'm sure he'll be updating his website soon, probably. Maybe. Oh, it's, it's offline at the moment. Ah, uh, okay, mobi- I take it mobile me, mobile. I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this. They've killed mobile me, and we just taken my website down. Oh, uh, did you not get the data off? Oh, blah blah blah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on to Mr. Dave Spears, who is uh, oh, that's not that button. It's this button here. Dave Spears, G4Software.com, who's uh, busy swatting away in his uh, in his 
well, what would we call that? We call it a synth grotto, I would say, by the looks of it from here, um, okay. on uh, all sorts of software products, one of which being the uh, Reason Rack extension, and I'm sure there are other things too. How are you, Dave? You well? No. Oh, good. Uh, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I did get, I just want to hear a really funny story. I went to the doctor's and uh, my cholesterol, 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 my cholesterol is um, mental. You've got good and bad cholesterol, and I've got like loads of bad and not very many good. So today I've avoided any alcohol, and I'm this is like hot water and lemon. So there you go. What would you normally be drinking about this time then? Gin and tonic. Uh, <laughs> gin and tonic. No, no, not at all. I'd be coffeeed up to the hilt. So, uh, ah. Okay, well, I'm sorry to hear you're not so. I had a, a funny week this week. Um, I um, I don't know if I, I might have mentioned it. I'm not I'm I'm not um, I'm not shy, but uh, I recently was uh, done for speeding in a built-up area, like three or four miles over the speed limit. So it wasn't anything sort of disastrously uh-huh. sort of. So I decided to go on one of these speed awareness courses, which are you know you go for half a day and you dread it. I've never been on one before, and I thought, oh god, it's going to be a nightmare. But what it means is you don't get any points on your license, and it doesn't affect your insurance dating. And uh, so I went. And it was really good, actually. I thoroughly recommend anyone to go on one of these things, um, not not to speed to get there. But uh, and so anyway, I'm in there and we watch the whole you know thing. And the first break comes at half past ten, so I go out to uh, have a cup of tea. No biscuits, by the way. Very disappointed. And um, a chap comes up to me and says, "Are you Nick?" I'm a big fan of the podcast. <laughs> Yay! Like, that's the most. That's one of the most surreal places to be spotted, I think. Uh, so I want to say hi to Dave from Bath. I'm not going to say any more because he may feel uncomfortable with uh, people knowing where he was. But uh, hello, Dave, and uh, nice to meet you. And uh, thanks for thanks for saying hi. It's always nice to get that. But what's quite funny? There's an American chap there who is actually quite a famous actor. Uh, I won't go into it. He's been in like Bond movies and and various uh, some big Hollywood productions. And nobody recognised him. Hey! <laughs> so, uh, so I feel I'm feeling really kind of smug and uh, you know famous. But thanks to Dave. Um, anyway, Fantastic. yeah, it's a brilliant story. I thought that I thought. And anyway, um, double win. No, it wasn't Tom Cruise. I'm not going to say who it was. It's not uh, not fair because you're not supposed to tell. Who, one of the first things they say when you get there is, please don't say if you know anybody. Don't kind of you know. When you see them in town next to go, hello, I, I saw you at the speed awareness course, because you never know who they're with. They might not want them to know. So, you know, please. Yeah. So I've already probably gone way over the mark there. So I should probably not say any more. Leonardo uh, DiCaprio might be with his manager. <laughs> yeah, he might be. <laughs> so which bad movie was that? I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> you can just, I'm not going to say any more. Anyway, right. Um, let's go to our first topic, I think, uh, which is it has a video that I would like to play at the introduction. Uh, I, I love this. This is great. Does anyone think this might be a spoof? If you wait to see how long it takes him to get settled, you might think it is a spoof. I right, watch this. Adjusts. Yep. Yeah, okay. I've got to get that right. Oh yeah. And again. Oh, not quite. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like runs with that Ingrid Malmsteen one. There we go. Yeah, he's going to play. No, he's not. No. Yeah. 
Anyway, I better not play anymore because I've been in trouble um, for um, putting stuff on, you know, clips. But that was um, Eric Grossman performing uh, the Chacon from the Partita Number no. 2 D minor by J.S. Bach uh, on a violin made by Antonio Stradivari in, nine, in 1717. The instrument, one of three by Stradivari in the Metropolitan Museum's collection. That was, in fact, on the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Arts uh, YouTube channel is called The Antonius and comes from Stradivari's so-called golden period, which is about 1700-1720. And this is, you know, I mean, this instrument, I, God knows how much it's worth. I mean, it must be worth kind of millions of pounds or dollars or whatever. I mean, I don't know what, these are sort of priceless instruments, aren't they? And they say that, you know, there's been all this talk about how it's to do with the resin or the wood that comes from uh, alpine spruces that drew, drew grew during the Ice Age. Now there's pointing out the... Uh, you know, all sorts of reasons why it might sound like that. But what's really interesting about this, uh, at least I think so, is um, there was a new, there was an article on um, Discover Magazine's website, which uh, I will show you here, which uh, basically promotes an article that a couple of people, Claudia Fritz and Joseph Curtin, Claudia Fritz is a scientist who studies instrument acoustics, and Joseph Curtin, a violin maker, set up a kind of bl- double-blind listening test. They got, uh, eight, during the 8th International Violin Competition in Indianapolis, uh, they borrowed six uh, violins, three of which were kind of these century-old instruments, combined value of about 10 million, and three that were made in you know recent years and one that had only been finished a couple of days beforehand they double blind tests they took six violins and 21 players into a hotel room where they dimmed the light and they made that you know they made them wear goggles so they couldn't see exactly they also went to the point they perfumed the um you know the chin rest so it didn't smell old <laughs> and you know do all these things to kind of like fun they just told people to play them and figure out what they thought of it all and uh these players, I mean, these are highly skilled, highly trained individuals who, you know, some they were people who were, you know, between uh, six and 60 years experience playing the violin were, uh, well, not six, what am I talking about? 20 years and 60 years playing the violin. And uh, they all, almost to a person, didn't like the Stradivarius and couldn't tell the <laughs> difference, which I thought was qu- quite an interesting idea. I mean, first of all, I've never um, experienced any kind of particularly old instrument. I know, Rich, you don't have a particularly... Um, fond view or you had a dim view to these kind of the, the idea that a, 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 a vintage instruments and these aren't sort of necessarily because they're owned by other people but just the the age of it and the kind of pedigree i mean have you heard Not in this p- case i don't <laughs> <laughs> have you ever Not heard when they're made of you know materials that grew out of the earth Ah, okay. Well, have you ever heard anybody play, you know, a Stradivarius or uh, what's the other one? A Giuseppe Guarnieri del Gesù. Uh, violin. I mean, I never have. I mean, I'm guessing they probably, you know, are all going to be pretty good if you need to get their hands on one, right? Well, I ha- I don't know. I-, I heard most of the first part of that, and I don't think I've ever heard anybody play Stradivarius. But here's the deal: on any instrument in which you come in contact with the vibration or create the vibration. It's a very personal relationship that develops between you as a player and the characteristics of the instrument. So to hand a Stradivarius violin to 15 of the greatest violinists in the world and in the first 10 minutes of their relationship with that instrument, ask them their opinion about it, 
um, is at best not terribly interesting to me because it doesn't really tell me anything about the instrument. It tells me a few things about them, maybe, but ultimately it has to do with the way one develops a relationship with that sort of instrument. And those things don't happen overnight. And even with the best of them, it doesn't happen in 10 minutes. If you pick up any, you know, whatever, Hendrix's guitar or you sound, first of all, you sound like you, not like them. But second of all, it takes a while for you to get a sense of what they liked about it and why it would work for you. Sure. Sure, I see so, what you're saying. I, I don't think they were being asked to... I think they were just being asked to kind of see if they could tell the difference. Not necessarily, you know, do you think this is the best instrument? It was more to do with a kind of, you know, do you think this is they old... They don't just, know what they would sound like on that instrument yet. Uh, I suppose. Well, maybe some of them would. I mean, some of them, presumably, if they're of that standard, would have the opportunity to play at least vintage instruments with some pedigree and vintage, I would assume. I mean, I am making an assumption here, but uh, I take your point about that. That may have been, you know, may, maybe that's where it's, it, it, it could be seen as uh, rather flawed. Particularly with violin. Right. Almost more so even than a brass or a woodwind instrument, just because you are so fully in control of that vibration and the way the thing resonates. Or when I say a violin, a string family instrument. Um, yes, of course, if you sit Yo-Yo Ma down with five other cellos and ask him what he thinks, he's going to develop an opinion about it in the short term. But that opinion, were he to live with any one of them over a period of months, would change either for the better or for the worse, but right. it would probably change. Hmm. No, no I, I think that's actually a valid point, and that's something that they don't actually go into. I mean, they did say that there were... Uh, um, the, the, I mean, the thrust of this article seems to be uh, the esteem that's placed on... Uh, perhaps the esteem, the esteem that's placed on the Stradivarius violin is less about the triumph to age old craftsmanship yeah. and more a testament to the ability to delude ourselves, which I thought was an interesting statement. I must confess that I did not do the preparation this week and I didn't see the article or the video and I'm completely riffing on a subject <laughs> That's here. all right. That's no problem. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way, Rich, to be perfect. I honest. just wanted you to know that. I'm not actually responding to the article because I haven't read it. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Gaz, I know that, um, that you... Uh, I mean, you you like kind of instruments of a certain type. Of, you know, if you, you're given something or you're, something to play, and you think, oh, that there there is charisma or what have you. I mean, maybe the Stradivarius instruments are difficult to get to know. I mean, it's, that's also possible because I imagine as they become older, they probably don't flex and vibrate in the same way they did when you first bought them. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I thought the the article is worth reading, Rich, um, because they did carry out the test in quite interesting circumstances. They quite um, you know, they were quite aware of the various criticisms. Yours wasn't actually mentioned at all, so that was a, that is a, an interesting point. But um, I think I think it's a really interesting subject because it it, it taps into a much wider thing, doesn't it? It taps into this whole kind of uh, thing, like uh, that Elliot, uh, that Ethan Weiner was maybe talking about um, with his uh, audio myths workshop. Yeah. And, you know, just sort of you know blowing up these kind of um, ideas that things you know that the you know these sacred things are just you know things from the past could never be possibly be better better today one of the people who was running this particular test was a modern violin maker so i wonder you know their motivation for doing it must be something to try and prove this point that modern instruments can 
certainly rival or even better things from the past. Um, yeah, and incidentally, the, there was a, one of the modern violins, it doesn't say whether it was one that he made, actually, which is an interesting mm-hmm. point, was the one that most people felt immediately to connect with and, and, and thought was probably, could have been the Stradivarius because of the, the, the mm-hmm. I guess, for whatever reason. It, it also, it, I mean, it, it did make me think of uh, something I was listening to on Radio 3 a while ago, which was... Um, they were ruminating on just how good Paganini was as a violin player. And uh, I know it's a slightly different point, but I thought it was quite interesting. And apparently there was this piece of music that Paganini played that was the most apparently impossible to play. It was the most difficult piece of music uh, that had ever been performed. And he managed to perform it in this... uh, And, you know, everybody was just blown away that he did this incredible thing. Uh, That particular piece of music is regularly used as violinists audition pieces for colleges now so you know it's, it's quite interesting just thinking that you know he, that this player from the past is so unbelievably brilliant you know but people are using this apparent you know this unplayable piece as a uh, audition piece so uh, yeah different point but um i wonder i mean i wonder in 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 way that it might be linked in sense that uh in the same way that uh, that when you focus on playing an instrument or doing something these days one tends to um be much more immersive you know if you take sports for instance you know like tennis or professional golf or any of any of those things or professional musicians you know people immerse themselves to a much greater degree in the thing the the ness of their of their chosen chosen focus and that and that's perhaps a bit less so uh, back in the day i mean i'm sure perhaps if you're making the th- making instruments you had to be very highly trained or whatever but you would have wouldn't have had access to certain machinery so you wouldn't have been able to focus on other aspects so much as as others so i mean the perception of it is going to change completely but it does it, it i think it raises the question i mean I, the thrust of it is Basically, we can't really tell the difference, and it's all about perception. So, you know, it's just mm-hmm. as you say in the chat room, Rich. You know, it, it, it's about developing a, 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 um, a relationship with the instrument. I know, yeah. uh, Dave. Did you have any? Uh, did this bring up any any thoughts for you to uh, you care to share with us? Yeah, I'm really interested in this whole double blind thing, and I've been fooled several times. I think one of the things with this that I would have found interesting would have been. If, let's say, for example, a couple of players played all of the instruments and the other violinists listened to it and went, that's the modern copy or that's, you know, that's the original, that's the modern version. I think that would be quite an interesting experiment. Because, and also, if they'd have played a Stradivarius in the first place, you know, you do make a connection with an instrument. And I'm pretty sure that I could uh, tell a mini mode from an Odyssey, probably by the keyboard action. Right. If well, nothing that, else. Well, that's interesting. But then um, I think I was sort of alluding to that earlier. Maybe certain instruments are just easier to play. I mean, you sometimes you pick them up. And, and also, I mean, I guess if you're given, you know, access to something like a Stradivari or, you know, Hendrix's guitar, say, for instance, um, then 
you you're going to sort of feel like you want to do it justice but i mean it's just as possible that you might not connect with it and it might take you an awfully long time to master whatever it is that you know because that meant didn't hendrix use incredibly high gauge strings for instance you know i i i i forget either high or low gauge i forget which which yeah you know, no, the, and then that's yeah and then that themselves make it quite different pretty. it's the same you know I, I take you take the tennis player thing as well i this is getting a little bit off topic but you know you sort of think oh how do they and somebody uses something that weighs kind of two pounds heavier than you used to strung like a kind of <laughs> like a wire fence you know and you just like, how on earth can you work with that I and mean, it's really what you what you get used to isn't it yeah and some people will make you know the cheapest nastiest instruments just sing like rich said you know rich said that that's kind of the way they play we were kind of had this a million years ago when i was doing those kind of midi file things is that we were using these alternative controllers and really the kind of vibe was you know what would happen if you gave kind of somebody like Steve Hackett or Clapton, a kind of clapped out old guitar, would they, would it still sound like them? And the truth was, it did, even though it was a MIDI guitar and even though it was triggering other sounds, it still sounded, it still had their injection of character into it. So I found really interesting. I had a really amazing experience recently. Um, you know, we're just about to release this um, rack extension Tron, but we went to Streetly Electronics and we did ABs between, you know, the, the M-Tron and... Uh, the original Tron, and it was brilliant because it was pure fluke. I was filming the whole day, and I'd left the camera on, and there's a bit where actually the camera's pointing at uh, Martin Smith, who's the kind of um, the main guy up there, uh, or it might be John Bradley, who's you know the grandson of the original Mellotron guy. So he's basically doing an A-B test, and we're completely blind. And uh, there's this moment where... I think I got it right a couple of times and then, but actually what I was doing was listening to the mechanism, not necessarily the sound. I was listening for the kind of tape spooling mechanism. But after a while I stepped away and I couldn't tell the difference and I got it wrong because I was guessing it. And in fact, I've put that on the video for the Retron thing because it is a really funny moment where your, your brain is trying to guess and you're getting ahead of yourself, and then you get confused. And that's why I love all this double-blind stuff. It's, it, I think it's the only way to really uh, discern in some ways. Mm -hmm. mm. Excellent. I've never experienced any double blind. The only tests I've ever been involved in have had to do with, you know, being all being in a room and listening to a set of speakers. And then you have certain assumptions about how they are. And only some things immediately sound right or wrong for whatever. Uh, um, you know, so it's it's quite difficult to kind of understand how you know you have to be you do have to be quite scientific about it, and it does sound like these people were. But I mean, it raises some other interesting yeah. points, isn't it? About, I mean, I, I take your point, Rich, about the fact that something that makes vibrations you can have more of a relationship with rather than just sort of electronics. Um, so it's it's it, but the idea that you know, I mean, I think Gaz, you were saying that you know you 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 got hold of some. Uh, there's there's a new set of uh, Fender Custom Shop stuff, isn't there? Or uh, what's it called? It's not Custom Shop. It's Fe that they're making in China, right? Yeah, when I was doing the opera in Paris, I needed a, a backup bass to put a um, a GK pickup on as just as a as a spare bass. And um, because I was going to use the GK pickup, I wasn't. I was looking at low end stuff, um, and I, I went and actually. <clears throat> I found myself being caught out in a, with, a, with a snobbery thing here because I, I went into a music shop and, you know, and I, and I went over to the Fenders and I, I thought I was going to spend around sort of five, four, five hundred pounds. And I 
I looked at the first one, it was like a black jazz bass, and I just, I looked at the headstock, and the thing you always do with Fenders is check out where they're from, and this one was made in China, so I didn't even, I just put it back, I didn't even play it, I just, just looked at it, I just thought, there, put it back. I went over and looked at the Mexican basses, uh, the Mexican uh, Fenders, I was playing them, and I was thinking, these are horrible. <laughs> um, and then I looked at the USA Standard, and I thought, oh, this isn't much better. And then I just sort of thought, well, let's look at this Chinese one. And it was lovely. It was better than the other ones. And I thought, ooh. And then, so I ended up buying it. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and subsequently bought another two uh, in the same range. Um, really, really good. They're the modern player, Fender modern players. That's right, but yeah. So- I, I think that the, the the parallel in this particular story is this kind of expectation that sort of, you know, things are better. Um, well, I, sorry, it is a little bit of a deviation, I guess, but um, I was thinking, oh, it's not a proper Fender because it's made in China. And, um, you know, but my Apple Mac is made in China and I don't think that's any less an Apple Mac. Than, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one so it yeah, just just catching me out being a snob really and just sort of thinking oh um <laughs> so yeah good check out those modern fenders any uh, modern player fenders anyone right. well, worth, worth a try um mm. all right well uh, yeah an interesting article it's over at discover magazine uh discovermagazine.com blogs um so do try it out and see what you think oh guys are you are you reaching for it now I mean, we can have a look that's one of them that, that's one of them that's a telecaster base all right. Uh, nice. Really good. Humbuckers. It sounds great. Looks nice. <laughs> yeah. What does that do again? <laughs> what does it do? <laughs> it makes the low notes. Dave. Oh, okay. It goes bum, 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 and stuff. All I'll get the hang of this one day. <laughs> Anyway, um, I just thought it was fun. I, I think now we'll quickly uh, just have a word from our sponsors. And uh, so this is going to be probably the last you'll see of the O1V96. Because um, uh, I think Yamaha want to change the focus of... Um, uh, let's see if that will play. Yes, Yamaha can change the focus of their ads soon, um, so that'll be quite exciting. So this is the O1 V96i. This is, in fact, uh, Yamaha's latest compact digital mixer. Uh, I reviewed it recently and was actually very impressed. It's got all the features and functions you'd expect from a kind of uh, fourth or fifth generation um, digital console from Yamaha. I've been making them for a very long time. It's got really nice studio-grade head amps, and that's one thing that I found I was able to add an awful lot of gain, particularly using ribbon mics, which are kind of uh, something that I've just recently discovered and, and would swear by them, and usually they need a lot of gain, but I didn't get any noise. We've got uh, 40 mixing channels, uh, 16 analog, 8 analog, eight digital inputs, eight channel ADAT as standard, uh, 16 IO USB audio interface at 96K 24-bit, which is remarkable. So that gives you an extra 16 in and out that you can work into patching and cross-patching between inserts and all sorts of things. Very flexible system and uh, one that I wish I had some sort of uh, audio IO on my um, Yamaha DM1000 that I use here. But sadly, I'll have to wait until... um, Oh, I don't know, until I can afford an O1V96. But please do try one out. They do sound jolly good. Um, you can go to a Pulse store in the UK, which is like a Yamaha store within a store. Try out some audio, plug a couple of mics in, take a listen, and um, check out some of the effects. Each channel's got a gate, compressor, EQ, uh, 
so dynamics and lots and lots of routing potential. Um, and if you're in the States, go to one of the larger dealers, try one out. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not dirt cheap, they're, but you are paying for what you get. You get a lot of functions and features in there, really high quality stuff. So I thoroughly recommend if you're in the market for a new desk and perhaps want to think digital, well worth trying the O1V96i. Once again, thank you very much to Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. Right, that's me back again. If you notice, I haven't gone red, uh, or no redder than usual, because I fixed the balance, the colour balance on my camera. Much, t- I'm sure there will be um, people who were in hysterics after last week's uh, um, malarkeys with uh, me pulsing and doing the scan. The scanner's reference went down very well on YouTube. I showed um, Louise. She was <laughs> roaring with laughter. Uh, in fact, there was a couple of comments. There was a, a chap there. I forgot what his name was. He was in uh, um, in Japan. He said he was suffering from a cold and he'd had. He's plugged his nose up with tissues, and they both shot out. I don't know why that's come to me, uh, <laughs> but I, I just thought you know it's. I, I, maybe I cured it in some small way. Uh, also, we heard from uh, because M Audio purchase is one of the really big stories from last week. Uh, I heard from Taiho Yamada, his uh, the Venom developer, who uh, said thanks so much for your kind words about uh, me and the Venom uh, team. Your concern for the whole M Audio crew and the products we love to make is appreciated and far beyond my ability to convey. So that's really good that we uh, that. You know, I'm glad he heard it, and uh, I, I've just asked ask him a couple of questions actually to see what the, the score is there. So hopefully, I'll have a little more information on that. But uh, good luck to you and everybody, and thank you very much for listening out there. Um, so, what's our next topic? Um, ah, yes, this is the jam boxes. Right, I think I might play this because this this is uh, another web based video. This is uh, Moldova strikes again. So this is uh, Glastonbury Festival for last year where uh, Moldova, who I think we did, he released uh, an album with a circuit or synth on it. He's built these kind of series of instruments that go into public spaces and uh, allow people to play. And this is people at Glastonbury Festival just kind of riffing and stamping the drum machine. And it just looks like great, great fun. It's all in sync. It's got some sort of LED, uh, LCD display. Take your place. There was a couple of comments on this where people were saying, I was at Glastonbury, we ended up missing most of the bands that we wanted to watch because we were playing with this, which is a great testament. Right, I'll, I'll probably pause that now. Uh, if I get my mouse right and uh, come back to the panel. I know this, uh, the one thing I really liked about this was the idea of these kind of, these installations where everybody just got to kind of hang out and play music together, which sounds, you know, it does sound a little bit like a, um, an obvious point, but actually, um, it's a great idea. Surely, Gaz, have you have you seen any of this stuff? And uh, not not for real, but I was a bit not gutted when I saw that. But I'd really had the same idea. But it was amazing to see someone actually bother doing it um, and doing it in that way, where lots of people totally trolleyed off their heads can kind of come and not break it. I think that's a, a triumph of engineering. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? I mean, it's, I, I think that side of things is so much fun. Electronic music, especially kind of, you know, computer-based music, has been a very solitary thing by and large. So to kind of open it up to the, you know, like a playable, interactive thing for many people, I just think it's wonderful. I, I love this. I thought it was really, really good. I did have some other images, which I seem to have misplaced. There, there are several items in his sort of, in the arsenal of... Uh, uh, 
of what what Moldova has to offer. He's been making these since like 2005, and uh, we've got the uh, let me see. There's the Cinco Master, which is a kind of oh sorry, the Octomaster, which is a set of keyboards that are in sync. That you know, got very drum beats and sampling and uh, mashup that you play between. There's a brilliant video which I think uh, I've again misplaced, which is really irritating actually. Is I think I've got the oh no, here we go. I think it's here. Uh, it's here. Uh, if I can find it somewhere, uh, where people could just sort of jam along. There's one called the uh, Cinco Master and the Mini Masher, which is a tiny little... Um, so It looks like it's something built out of uh, 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 Arduino, something like that, that allows you to kind of just just sort of jam along with each other and change the sound sets. And he's sort of... What he's done, he's asked various artists to provide sample sets so you can dial up you know a sound a set of sounds from somebody you perhaps like and everybody can play along with it just seems like such a brilliant idea there's this whole idea of called jamboxes.net um where they've got things like uh set up like the um uh, reactable and various things that you know and i'm sure in no doubt the schneider's buero carousel might be there at some point uh dave have you seen did you ever see the schneider's buero carousel or have you seen anything like this in the flesh it just seems like such a great idea I didn't see the Schneider's Bureau one in the flesh, but I'm a gaz. I thought this was awesome. It's like a drum circle for people with shorter hair. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps the no acceptable hair. face of um, drum circles, perhaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that whole kind of social aspect, I was like, it's like, you know, it's that whole sociable music for hipsters. And what was really fascinating is when I was going through that, I've got to hear that jam boxes done there. It was like, um, the things I had very limited time to look at stuff, but what really appealed to me, the uh, the drum machine thing, I just thought was absolutely fantastic. Anything that looks like a fruit machine is, has got me sold from the day one. That's where all my money used to go as a kid. Yeah, but the too. ones that kind of didn't really do anything for me were the kind of that beat jigsaw, um, reactable. I kind of thought was, uh, but they were they were the kind of less tactile things. And I thought that this whole kind of tactile um, group hug kind of vibe was really excellent. Yeah. I think he deserves an OBE, actually, even though he's not <laughs> even British. No, he's and, uh, just the idea of going to festivals and just doing this kind of thing. And, and they obviously make them to a, a, built, a, to a high enough quality. Oops, I seem to have frozen. Oh, there we go. Come on, there we go. Frame rates coming back. They've, they're building, you know, to survive a festival. That's no mean feat at all. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And, and just the fact that these things are available in sort of public space. It's been all over the place, actually. And I just really like, as your head calls it, group hug music in the chat room, which I think <laughs> is actually quite a, an apt point. It's just a brilliant idea. I know, Rich, uh, uh, have you experienced anything like this in the past? I mean, it seems to be that these things are becoming more and more um, prevalent. You know, this idea of people being able to sort of jam together without, you know, obviously having to learn a load of instruments. I mean, although I imagine I imagine there are people there who are skilled who gravitate towards it as well, but just the idea of people being able to experience what it feels like to kind of interact musically it, and make sounds that are relevant to, you know, their knowledge of what, you know, what they maybe like to listen to. Well, strictly on the basis of your question, I've always enjoyed, like like somebody compared it, I only heard like a very small portion of the last 95% of what went on in the last 10 minutes. Oh, but what I did hear was somebody used the word drum circle, and that is some kind of nice participatory event that allows people to make music together. 
I, I really don't even know what this topic is, Nick, so I really can't comment on it because <laughs> I couldn't hear I couldn't see the video. I haven't prepared it and I couldn't hear any of the comments about it. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope we'll be able to bring you in with uh, some wise words at uh, another point anyway. But, well, uh, I hope I'll be able to understand the next topic a little better, but okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. No problem. I understand. We, are, we have the, uh, the, the problems of uh, international travel and bandwidth limitations. But, uh, yeah, Moldova, if you go to jamboxes.net, uh, there's a whole bunch of information on this stuff. And I'm guessing uh, you can hire it. Uh, you, can, you can have it sort of at, at one of your events. I don't know if there's more than one of them, but it seems like it might be a really good idea. And I... I think there's something very pleasing about it must be it must be a very satisfying process to build something like this then put it in a room and have a bunch of people kind of get off on it for three days and then sort of take it away again it must be really kind of um yeah for it not to be broken yeah and well I'm sure it must get broken but I mean it, it just looks like a brilliant um just a brilliant kind of fun thing. There's there's something very similar that they do at Music Messer, which is the Music for Kids Hall. I don't know if you've ever seen that. If you go downstairs, there's because you often see there's I'm sure I've spoken about this before. You get uh, there are lots and lots of kids kind of wandering about on the walkways, but you never see them in the halls, and you wonder where they go. They all get bussed into this massive hangar downstairs, which is in one of the big unused halls uh, for for trade show. And there's a chap there. I forget his name now. We did a piece on it. Um, it was in fact um, Schneider's Buero um, Andreas who who. who said come and have a look and he showed us and he's, he makes all these things out of uh, like PVC piping like massive great twanging things and things you hit and sort of huge great sort of swanny whistles that are like 90 feet long and stuff that for kids just to play with and it's absolutely brilliant and you could, he's just got a massive smile on his face and I must admit you know when I saw after the antidote of being blasted with uh, distorted DJ riffs for you know loops for for three days, going down there and seeing kids running around hitting things and just having a great, it's just a massive antidote. And I imagine this must be equally um, satisfying. So yeah, jamboxes.net, check out Moldova. Um, I just want to say also that was via Facebook by Matthew Miller, who sent of that. Um, uh, so thank you very much. And in fact, you know, during the summer or any time, please do um, send in any topics you have. You know, you can, you can send them in via Twitter, um, Sonic Nick, or any of the other Twitter handles that we have. Uh, email them, sonictalk at sonicstate.com, or leave a comment on our Facebook page, uh, which is sonicstate.com. SonicState.com, I think it is on... Oh, I should know that on Facebook. Anyway, look, I'm sure you can find us if you look hard enough. Uh, leave comments. Yeah, we really do appreciate anybody emailing in um, any sort of comments and, and also uh, just ideas for, for show topics because uh, after 275 shows, I'm starting to get a little bit... Sometimes I find it a little bit hard to remember what I've covered in the past and whether or not <laughs> I need to... To, uh, to to look harder for topics, and particularly during the summer, it's actually quite hard because there's not an awful lot of stuff that does get released, which is a little bit, uh, so it's a l little bit harder. Although, having said that, there are a whole bunch of um, new um, instruments and sort of discounts on sound banks and all that kind of thing coming out in the summer. It seems to be a very software period of year, time of year. So I'm just going to introduce the next topic with uh, with a video. <laughs> This is uh, F-Expansion's Etch, which I think is based on the DCAM synthesizer engine, uh, which has a very sort of uh, appealing, simple look to it. I've done a deal with uh, Audio MIDI, where you can buy this instrument for 99 bucks, which I'm guessing is quite a discount, uh, whether it's a specific thing done for them.
fill the time for all that kind of stuff. I think I'll stop there because um, I can. So, I mean, it's there's just so much of these deals around. I mean, and it's very interesting to, you know, one, it used to be that we would, you know, crave a new instrument or a new, um, you know, just a new piece of hardware to, to, to kind of take us to a new creative level, you know, and you feel like, all oh, right, I need, you know, something like this. It'll give me something to get my teeth into and I can start making things. But now there's just an enormous amount of instruments that are already out there where patches have become available. There's also the glitch loops by Sunsign Audio. Uh, there's, you know, there's there's a whole bunch. And there's also uh, Native Instruments Machine and Micro have been reduced. Uh, 249 UK, uh, sorry, US dollars and 399. So, you know, there's a lot of deals out there. I'm just wondering how... Is it just, you know, can, can you can you get enough just out of a, a, a set of sounds? Dave, I mean, you you know, you design a lot of sounds. I mean, you must find, uh, particularly when you get stuff in from designers when you outsource it as well. I mean, do you find that a bank of sounds can just get you there? You know, that's all you need. Or do you crave, well, I can see you crave new hardware as well because you're surrounded by the stuff. <laughs> but, how, I mean, how, is it enough? I mean, can you get where you need to go? Uh, one sound can do it. Just one patch. I had one patch come in for this retron, and I was just like, I lost probably three hours on it because it just took took me somewhere else. So yeah, yeah, that's really. Uh, I mean, I haven't. To be honest, summer's always a kind of traditionally a kind of quiet time of year. I think for the MI business. So I think that's probably why you're getting to you know getting deals, getting to see deals. I. Sure don't really uh have i don't really pay any attention to them apart from i did see somebody giving away the free mini moog which kind of reminded me of that um what's that spam email that went around saying if you see a link to download the new nickelback album for free whatever you do don't click on it because it links to the new nickelback album That's kind of what was doing the rounds here. But yeah, yeah, and we get approached by various uh, retailers, you know, doing blowouts here and left, right and centre. Generally, we kind of don't do those things. But yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're looking for a new toy, this is the best time of year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I think Gaz is looking like he might have something to say there. What is it you would like to confess, Gaz? Oh, Oh, my word. What is that? Is that the machine? It is wow, sort of big deal on on it at the moment, and I've just pulled the trigger on complete eight as well as it's half price. Uh, I got a complete six, so it's the I've gone for the upgrade. Um, so definitely worked for me. Um, well, you get a ton of sounds with that, don't you? I mean, I was kind of thinking, yeah. well, I just want the library. Can I just have the two gigs of drum sounds because that that's going get, <laughs> to get me going somewhere? You know. Well. Uh, like Dave was talking about losing time to to that preset. I mean, I've been losing serious time to this machine. Uh, is excellent, but I mean, um, but it is mind boggling about just how much, you know, how many sounds are in there. And just uh, to be honest, I've been finding a machine personally. I've been finding it better just sampling in things um, from my uh, TC Voice Live, just singing crazy stuff, and just then making kind of samples up and really enjoying manipulating them within the machine environment. But uh, at the same time, you know, the, just the, the amount of stuff. And then when I haven't got complete yet, it's going to come soon and I'll install that 
Are you getting it on the hard drive, or are you having to feed the DVDs? No, no, not not the complete ultimate, just the regular one. Right. The uh, incomplete, I've been calling it. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, um, it, I, I'm worried when I get it, really. I'm just worried because it's going to be, you know, well... Half a day to install, but I just want to quickly quickly point out um, John Van Eaton in the chat room says he'll pay you 20 bucks not to mention Nickelback again today, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, any complaints yet by Happy Fun Team? Oh, very good with a K. So I I like that. So, Gaz, are you finding it overwhelming? Sorry, that's not Gaz, that's that's not Gaz either. That's Gaz. Are you finding it overwhelming? having such an influx of sounds i mean would you rather you know i'm thinking you know would you rather like have a couple of keyboards worth of great drum sounds that you can just kind of go these have these these have been sold as it than you know endless possible well yeah in a way i have and the funny thing was that i was having a before i got this i'm actually before the the native instruments deal came out which was the clincher i was trying to decide between the machine or the nord drum you know, uh, which, you know, very different sort of things. But with a Nord drum having, I know you can do quite a lot with it, but relatively few sounds. No, it's Uh, not, um, I would say it's not the same. No, I know. But I mean, in terms of having something with a restricted amount of sounds or having something with masses and masses of sounds. And uh, yeah, I went for the masses of sounds thing, but I actually really like, the idea of having few sounds. So, um, I, I hope I haven't. I mean, the the thing, I suppose the thing is about something like machine. It's not just about the sounds. It's, the sounds are a bonus, but it's the workflow, isn't it? I mean, and and because yeah. I agree. I mean, if you've got so many sounds that come in in one go that you then have to spend two weeks figuring out what you want to use, then it's sort yeah. of it, it goes against the sort of point of getting something so you can get working on stuff. I mean, if you've got the time, that's fine. But I mean, you yeah. have to sort of maybe you have to. Uh, sort of uh, ration yourself, you know, so you have uh, five minutes of sound uh, of, of sound favoriting a day, so you could just go through and sort of select those things. Is that All process right. easy on the on machine? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it is, I mean, because you can browse and I, I don't know if you can add favorites from the actual machine itself. I think you'd have to do that with the software part, but um what my thinking was is I was just going to load it up with all the stuff of complete eight. Because um, as of, yeah, as of version 1.7 that's just come out for the machine, all of the complete eight presets of everything is available from the machine's onboard browser. So, you know, you can, you've got little filters and little knobs there so you can kind of filter it. And, and that, my thinking was in a way that I'll just install it and then that just is that. I can always come to the machine and I know that there's always going to be just t- tons of stuff in there. Um, you know, uh, I, and I don't know how much I'd be interested in a lot of those plugins without the medium of the machine anyway. Um, I'm interested. I mean, do you find that you could just pick it up and get going straight away or are you wading through options before you can get started? I mean, how does it work in that sense? You know, you've got it sort of naked, if you like, and I imagine you've probably not sat down and read the manual. You just want to dig in and, you know, get get going with it, right? Um, I did a really naughty thing. I, I, uh, I loaded up a playlist of um, YouTube videos of... Um, tutorials for the machine and then because i had to do a lot of driving i had it <laughs> i had to play it through my bluetooth hands-free set of my car um <laughs> with it listening obviously yes but with it sort of 
on my... Say no more. I'm sure this could be used in court. <laughs> it wasn't. You've just come back from that. There's a course for that. Yeah, <laughs> I think you, I'll, I'll see you on the next one, guys. I just want to also say, uh, Flux302 says in the chat room, if anyone ever needs help learning machine, don't hesitate to hit me up on Facebook or Skype. I enjoy teaching it and will be in a machine camp in Atlanta in September. That's Flux302. That's a very kind Ooh. offer. Uh, maybe, uh, Gaz, if you need to get a little bit of extra info, you can, you can, you can um, ask Flux. Who knows? Wow. That's cool. I mean, the um, I yeah, I do. I must hasten to add, I was just listening to those yeah, uh, yeah. tutorials. Well, that, that's, but, that's acceptable. Uh, <laughs> and I actually bought the um, I bought the Mac Pro video um, tutorials for it. Ah, did you uh, use our uh, coupon? I hope you. Oh, is this is this still valid? Sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. If you want to download any oh. any Mac uh, Mac video Mac Pro video uh, tutorials, and you get twenty percent oh. off, and we get a few quid as well. Oh, sorry about that. No, but I, I've only, I've only bought what, the first one of the three tutorials that they've done for for machine. But um, it was okay. It was okay. I think the Native Instruments tutorials are actually better. But um, uh, the it, it, for the machine itself, but um. But actually, machine, it's a breeze, actually. You do get it quite quickly and sort of think this is, you know, this is that lovely marriage of software and hardware. And yeah. Nicely done, then. Okay, yeah. I, I'd still like to check one out. I haven't really had an opportunity. Something that is so, because I'm never really a drum machine guy, so the idea of getting a drum machine in just sort of makes you think, well, it's not my, it's not my natural way of working, so it's going to be kind of a bit alien to me, I guess. Well, as you know, Nick, I'm a big advocate of not using the, the monitor screen, really. So, right, so this sort of fits in well with that, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no, fair enough. I know, Rich, how much of this you are able to hear or uh, or respond to, but I, I thought I'd come to you. Uh, uh, have you seen anything that you kind of you like the idea of as, a, as a, an impulse buy for summer sounds? I'm sorry, I didn't understand your question. Try again. Have you uh, have you seen anything that you are uh, you are an impulse buy that you'd like to get for a, a bank of sounds or a summer one of these summer discount deals? Well, we ju- just before I left, Niall and I had been talking about getting machine and tractor, and he asked me to pull the trigger on it. Uh, I was tempted to wait through the summer. He wanted me to pull the trigger. I pulled the trigger. We got both delivered just before we left, put them away, left for the road. And don't you know, a week later, the list prices dropped by like 40%. So, well, I'm not worried about it because either I'm, either they're going to price compensate me to the new price level, or I'm going to just send them back (laughs) because I haven't even taken them out of the box yet. Right. But uh, those are two things I'm interested to get good on and see if they can affect my workflow in a positive way. Because those kinds of devices make possible certain things and make, make actually certain things very easy to do that are kind of complicated to do in a linear DAW setting. Yeah. And they allow you to interact with the music in ways that that sort of setting doesn't really um, uh, stimulate. In, in the same sorts of ways. So it's real. I, I don't expect to be doing any parties with a microphone and waving my hands in the air. Like I just don't care, oh, but I do want to want to get this thing. I want to get this technique under my belt and uh, start to get good on these things and converse it in the way the software and hardware interacts. 
Oh, that's interesting. So you're, I mean, because you're very much an in-the-box guy, you know, now, I mean, f- from conversations we've had in the past, you know, uh, and certainly in terms of, you know, the mix and the arrangement side of things, right? So th- there's a kind of desire to, to move away for a little for that, or at least experiment in that, certainly in, uh, where you're working, right? Yeah, I'm looking to expand my ways of interacting with music. Hmm. Very simply. And those look like some very interesting ways to interact with music. And I see people who have uh, not terribly considerable, you know, traditional music skills doing remarkable things on them. It's interesting. And so my mind, my mind goes to the idea, well, if they can do it, why can't a guy who has a whole bunch of training and has been doing this shit for a long time, why can't he come about and do this? Yeah, yeah. There's some very and maybe uh, I'll find a new way to use it for that that will you know inspire me and change the way I work. Who knows? That's interesting. I mean, there, there's some great videos on YouTube. I forget that. I think it's M4 Sonic. I think we looked at one of them before. Uh, where it was just an Ableton Live Jam where you can tell the guy is obviously uh, he looks like he's a trained pianist because of the fingering spaces he's moving the way, but he's playing this amazingly tight. Uh, sort of just sample triggering and sequencing in a way that you know obviously he's been able to do because of his training and be able to do so it's it's an interesting area to explore definitely mm. not traditional. I'm really looking forward. Sorry, Gaz. Well, I I was just thinking, um, you know, regarding what what Nick was uh, sorry uh, what what um, Rich was saying then uh, about you know learning the new system. Were you talking, Rich, about machine or tractor specifically or both 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 yeah because they're quite different because in the way. they inspire you with different kinds of hardware interfaces yeah definitely um yeah uh and i, I and i've definitely been finding that in a way and it's just uh i think what i've been just dis- yeah i mean the music i've been making on the machine since i've got it is unlike any music i've ever made before in my life so um is so that's saying something. Techno, guys? <laughs> I'm making like a weird stuff, um, <laughs> but uh, I, well, I can just demonstrate one little thing. Though I just realised I can do this. If I pull this down here, can you see that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so what? So all I need to do is um, I can load. A, I can just hit the browse button, and then I can hit the group, and then I can look for. I've got all my browsing. I don't think you'll be able to see the screen very well on there. Can no, you? no, um, no. But um, but you know, just being able to sort of just call up your sounds directly, step through them, and uh, like I said, I've got I've got kits loaded in here. It's got the Abbey Road ones in there. Um, is that coming through? No, but the lights sound pretty. <laughs> uh, oh, that's better. Sounds like someone's tapping on a keyboard. Yeah, no, I, I think I can hear Rich typing. I can't hear. <laughs> all right, I won't oh, bother. I'm sorry. No, I'm that's sorry. all right. I'd be... That's Just no problem at all. Make a wicked loop, geezer. Uh, but no, I, I I think my audio interface doesn't. It's not rooted that way. Well, no, I'd be very yeah. interested to see what you make of it, and maybe next time you come over, bring it over, and I'd love to have a look and see what what how it how it all interacts together. Mm. Um, it, it, it does rather neatly bring us to uh, one of the last topics, which was kind of. You know, they say you never stop learning. And, you know, so in that case, you know, what was the last thing that you learned about music creation or engineering? Because, I mean, 
that's one of the things that keeps me going. You know, certainly, perhaps more so about how to do this kind of thing. You know, the the web production and the, to shoot reviews and present them and all of those kinds. Of, those are the things that really, really interest me at the moment. I'm just wondering, like um, Dave, before. Uh, when I called you up, there was some music playing in the background. I mean, does that, do you still find that you're learning tips about programming, music production, those kind of things, you know, as you go along or are you, you, you reliant on your experience solely? Man, you never stop learning, do you? Never, ever. I learned the other never day. Never stop forgetting as well. Turn stuff down. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's every day is a new learning experience, yeah. particularly when you've got Alzheimer's. Um, <laughs> He just relearned the same thing over again. Ah, it's a C major. <laughs> um, no, you never stop learning. That's half the fun. I learned. I learned yesterday that somebody, somebody who's related to the band I'm involved with, was asked to be the original Duran Duran singer, and I never knew that before. Wow. There you go. And, I, and I've been learning loads about abstract filmmaking in the last week, and that's nothing to do with music, but. At some point, it will dovetail with music. Right. Anything creative, all good. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's the thing that keeps going. It's God, I right. hate that phrase as well. All That's good. one thing I've learned today. Don't use the phrase, it's all good. I don't usually, actually. No, I never do. I, can't I use lots I of other that. things instead. I begin sentences with so. I'm now, yeah. I've, got, I've got really good at editing the so out of every time I turn to the camera for my next <laughs> shot. Oh, i tell you one thing. After last week's show, I uh, bought... Persona Studio One. <laughs> that was on the special offer on the July fourth. Half price, I think it was. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, so I've been in that as well. Um, but because I, uh, I think everyone, I don't know if I've, I've talked about this before. I've done a lot of mastering. That's been one of my main breadwinner things really over the last ten years. And uh, I have to say, the mastering environment in Studio One is the best I've ever encountered. Really. Oh, really? Yeah. If you want to do mastering, I uh, and. One of the things that's really good, if you'd done your projects within Studio One, um, if you'd done the project, if you, and then you don't actually have to mix them down. You just kind of drag the project file into the, you know, um, into your into the mastering thing, and then if you want to make tweaks to, say, you're working on the mastering and you've got all your songs in your album there, and you want to just tweak the vocal level of one song, you can just kind of go to it from the um from the mass from the the mix down oh, in the wow. master so does it render does it render something for the mastering session yeah, or does it actually yeah work? yeah you don't it what what happens is you can just leap back to your mix adjust your vocals jump back to your sort of mastering thing and there's a little red light then on the on the uh on the track indicating that the original has changed and then you just click it and then it'll just bounce it down and reinsert it in exactly the right place in your you oh, know mastering cool. thing which that is a great idea but i mean other than that i mean i i don't actually haven't actually worked in that side of studio one although i might do i will have a little dabble with it uh it was for the mastering right. uh, the, so the just get it straight where... you've got machine yeah and you've got a studio a whole new door to get on with so your <laughs> your summer is going to be full of learning experiences i'd imagine because uh, uh, you've got a lot well, to get to grips with I, right I'm always doing this. I'm always just getting things and then learning it. But um, I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I do like sort of stretching my brain a little bit. But um, yeah, so I mean, just, just to sort of finish what I was mentioning there about the mastering side, though, when you then have your project on the go, 
for mastering. It's just everything is just great. You can just easily render off uh, a, a CD, but you can also there's a there's like a button for sort of um, digital distribution as well, so you can kind of render it out in um, MP3s or whatever format you want. SoundCloud but I think it's just what have you, yeah, yeah, it's just really that side of things. So just. They've really sort of got the, the kind of cloud and distribution side plugged in quite nicely. It's a very clever kind of uh, yeah. That, that, that was that was it. That was I, it. Really. I'd, lo- I'd love you to, to show us good. around that. Maybe once you've had a bit more, you could do us a little thing on how in the mastering might work. You know, perhaps that would be uh, something. Then we could um, talk them into buying some advertising. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah, you never stop learning. I don't know, Rich. What did you learn um, uh, recently? I mean, you've, it sounds like you've got a whole bunch of learning to do if you're going to get be getting machine and uh, tractor anyway. So, uh, but uh, I mean, you must be uh, coming across. Well, that's stuff. next. But today I learned at rehearsal how to record through this new little rig I've created for this project. Um, I'm tr- I'm touring now with this MacBook Air that I just got, and I've got a Motu Ultralight Mark III interface that I'm using, and a Lossy Thunderbolt RAID drive. Ooh. And today at rehearsal, they reached a point where they needed to record something, and the guy at the front of house launched Logic, and it started pulling his AU folder. And so after about two minutes, I walked to the back of the room to find out what was taking so long, and I saw where it was at, and it was like in the first 5% of the folder. Oh. And I said, send two audio lines up to me. And I went back and I uh, configured the inputs to this Motu interface and threw the thing into record. And I was recording rehearsal for the rest of the day. It was great. So how, well, I learned how to get around this Motu thing that I brought. <laughs> this was today's lesson. That's great, isn't it? I mean, that's the interesting thing. I mean, once you kind of become – I mean, I find this all the time. Or I used to find it when I was hired a lot more to just to fix stuff and figure out how things work. I mean, I have absolutely no idea how X or Y works, but – once you have a grasp of it, you can usually figure it out, and that's the that's the beauty. Unless it's totally obscure, in which case it's not so much fun. But uh, oh no, this was dead easy. Yeah, it was wonderful. I was I was rocking. And actually, this rig that I've this rig completely rocks. I can't believe how cool it is. Yeah, well, very jealous actually. Still, and my laptop is getting slower and slower and slower. But uh, so, so uh, my bank account is getting emptier. So I'm not sure I'm going to be upgrading my hardware anytime soon. But uh, hey, that's just the way it goes. But ah, I just had an email update. Then Pure Magnetic have released the Simmons Claptrap for iOS. Oh yes, yeah. I saw that. That's free. I was <laughs> I was actually quite excited by that because I love the Claptrap. I've got uh, had access to uh, to one and sampled it quite a lot, and they just I'm a really big fan of hand claps. <laughs> I, it's just there's just something about them. I just tend mm. to use them, you know, all over. The, and I make them. I'm, I you know, so I'm just yeah. The clap trap is a great device. I wonder if it's got MIDI or whether it's just got a big button on it and you can trigger it. But yeah, but yes. So that was something that I was hoping we could talk about in the next Sonic Touch actually, because uh, that's one of the apps I would like to check out. 
But anyway, I think we're probably heading towards the, uh, the the end of the show. I was going to talk about you know five essentials, but I think it's probably a bit late to kind of go. And maybe we could do that next week if uh, if news is as slow as it was this week. I apologise if I've missed any news uh, out there, but uh, it's been very hard to find. But as I said, you know, please do send any ideas for topics in. I can't guarantee we'll you all use all of them or any of them because sometimes I, I remember that we've kind of covered things, and so if you haven't listened to every single podcast and have a memory of it, as I, I, I I'm, I'm blessed with uh then it might not make it but so you can send us a comment on facebook email sonic talk at sonicstate.com twitter us at sonic uh, sonic nick uh any of those things web use the web form on the website but uh, m- very much appreciate any input and uh, you know if you've got any comments anything you'd like to, talk, to to suggest about the production of the show or whatever uh for now i think that's going to be pretty much it and i'll leave rich to uh Rich presumably will be well. What do you do in Montreux on a uh, on a Wednesday night, Rich? Uh, well, I have an option to go to the show. I don't even know what the show is, but I do have the option to go to the show. Um, I don't know. Find some dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any particular. Say plans, hi to Roger Federer. Understand. I've been running for two weeks. I mean, literally, the, the the schedule over the last two weeks has been insane. So if I get a night with nothing to do, I'm quite cool with that. Excellent. You can watch some uh, watch some crappy reruns on the TV and just look out over the uh, over the water. Can you see the lake where you are? I can see the lake where I am if I'm not in my room. Ah, yeah, don't okay. set lights at a hotel. Oh, God. <laughs> Sage I words indeed. <laughs> And uh, with that final reference to Smoke on the Water and Montreux, I think it's only fair that we probably bring the show to a close. Uh, If I had Smoke on the Water to play us out with, I would, but uh, I think I'll just have to leave it for now. So I want to say thanks very much to Rich Hilton for joining us. I very much appreciate it. Have a great uh, couple of days off, if that's what they transpire to be, and enjoy the show on Friday. And thank you very much for making the effort to uh, join us via your hotel bandwidth troubles and everything. We much appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. And also, Gaz Williams right there, um, back home in Bristol, where he's a uh, music producer, mastering engineer, mm. uh, bass player, sh- all kinds of things. Thank you very much, sh- Gaz, for joining I us. Yeah, I should have been mastering all day today, um, but I've been machine. playing with the machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you'll have to do that all night instead, then, won't you? So. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Gaz. I look forward to speaking to you very soon and uh, and and seeing what how you get on with your new toys. Uh, and finally, uh, Dave Spears over there, G4 Software. Thank you very much for joining us as well. Um, always appreciated, and I'm uh, looking thank forward to, uh, to as I'm sure you are to um, getting your products out there and uh, having a bit of a holiday, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, yeah. enjoy your water with lemon in. Oh, and I've just had some kind of oat cake with cranberries. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm even going for a walk and stuff like that. It's like this new, healthy me. Mind you, I'm going for a walk down to the burger van. Yeah, but... <laughs> buy some cigarettes and uh, <laughs> some more chip fat. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Dave. Uh, that was Sonic Talk number 274, would you believe it? And uh, that was it for now. I haven't got anything to play us out with, so I'll just press stop. <laughs>